On this episode of the Financial Flight Plan Podcast, we're continuing our conversation that we started on our last episode about the power of delayed gratification. We got three more instances where it's probably better off for you to be waiting and taking the time to see those rewards come later on down the road. We'll tell you all about it coming up. Welcome to the Financial Flight Plan with Tim Estes and Bree Reyes. When it comes to your financial future, we believe the sky is the limit. We'll give you the proper tools to keep your engine <clears throat> portfolio running smoothly. Let us pilot the answers to some of your toughest financial issues. The Financial Flight Plan starts now. Well, glad to have you inside another edition of the podcast. I'm Ben George with Bree Reyes. Bree, good to talk to you. First episode of 2024. How you doing? I know. I am excited. I am um, starting to think about taking decorations down. Just starting to we think, always, huh? Uh-huh. Well, we, we wait until Epiphany. We're good Episcopalians that way. I'm a lazy <laughs> Episcopalian is what I'm trying to say. So we don't usually take decorations down until at least after the 6th, which is tomorrow. Epiphany is tomorrow as okay. as we're recording this. So I'm starting to already kind of slowly move things so no one notices. <laughs> <laughs> Are you someone that goes out in, after, after the holidays and, and adds new decorations for the next year? Or do you kind of have your core decorations already kind of set and you just use those year to year? Um, you would ask me a rough question, uh, for a good chunk of them, they're already set, but we do add a piece here or there every year. Okay. So like our front, we have some little front trees that, um, I've had got for over a decade, at least maybe mm. two. Yeah. I've had them since I graduated college. So it's almost 20 years. Um, it'll be 20 years. It would have been 20 years next December. They're done. <laughs> <laughs> so they died um this christmas so they have already been um properly disposed of and now i have to find little front trees which of course my husband's like let's wait until after christmas everything will be on sale he failed to realize everything would be gone after christmas yeah. so you know this is a conversation in the reyes household god love Joaquin. that's funny sometimes his frugalness gets in the way of my decor <laughs> not often but occasionally <laughs> All in all, the good holidays. Nate. All in all, a great holiday. We uh, we got to spend it here in Fort Worth. We got to see some friends. Spent a lot of time with Joaquin's family. My family was out of town. and But then we got to see them when they got back, except they came home sick. So that's always fun. Always my favorite thing to do. Um, so that kind of sucks. But all in all, wonderful holidays. A little short. And happy to start 2024. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's maybe... It, it's probably like this, it's been like this the last couple of years, but I feel like everyone I've talked to has, has kind of had an instance of I got sick or my family was sick or, you know, there was a bunch of sickness going around. Like I've just heard that from just about everyone I've talked to. Yeah, I think, I think after COVID, maybe we're more, more noticeable of it. Mm -hmm, probably. Or maybe we just choose to stay home a little bit more. I don't know. All I know is that I don't want to catch it. <laughs> I have a weakened immune system already, and I don't want to catch whatever my folks are trying to give me. So we're just, we're staying a little away. In fact, Nate's got a sinus infection. He's had it since all of December. So we, we finally got him to the doctor. We got the sinus infection taken care of, and he's on his road to recovery. And the last thing we need is, is more sinus infection. 
Yeah. Well, here's to a healthy 2024. I know you would be up for that for sure after dealing with some things in 2023, but we wish you the best and the family as well, but glad you had a good holidays. Yeah, we had a great holiday and you know, everybody out there, I wish you a happy, happy, happy 2024. Well, let's get off to a good start here with uh, with our Patience Pays conversation, which we started on our last episode. So if you haven't gone back and listened to that, you can do that after you get done. Uh, these aren't connected necessarily. You don't have to hear one to, to understand two, but it's good to hear the full picture. So go back to that one if you get a chance. You can find everything, again, online at estesfinancial.net. If you have questions for Bree, you can always call 817-444-8402. She is an investor coach and certified financial planner at Estes Financial Services. So Three more on the list today, again, talking about the power of delayed gratification, a lesson that we always try to instill to our kids, and we we know it's important, but we got some specific instances here for your financial life that can be can benefit you here in 2024. So let's start off with the emergency fund. Hopefully you've got it set in place, but the problem I think, Brie, for a lot of people is you have that money set aside, it's there, it's easy to access, and it's easy to justify expenses that you can start falling into the emergency fund category and depleting that fund can really cause a lot of stress should a big emergency arise. Right. Well, and that's the whole thing. It's an emergency fund. It's not a savings account. And I think that's the thing that a lot of people need to understand. This is not supposed to be where we're we're deep dipping into it to pay something that we have our savings money for. This is the car exploded. This is a true, true emergency. So, because we don't want you to have to put it on high interest credit cards. We don't want you to have to put an emergency on, on, on a credit card. It, credit card interest rates right now are insane. So this is why we have the emergency fund. Now, I understand. Car blows up. What, what happened to us last year? Water heater blows up. Yeah, dip, dip into your emergency fund. That's what it's there for. But, hey, oh, no, my Amazon bill is due or I need this this or my Netflix bill is due. I'm just going to pay it out of the emergency fund. No, no, no. That's not what it's for. And once you deplete your emergency fund or once you use your emergency fund for whatever reason, for example, going back to it, using my example earlier, the uh, water heater, then I started replenishing the amount of the water heater. I focused on that first because I wanted to get that emergency fund back up to where it needs to be. That's kind of what you need to be focusing on. It should not, it's not your savings account. And if you're using it as your savings account, you may end up in trouble later on. You, you know, as soon as you pull money out of there, it's that's when the real emergency comes. As soon as you tap right, into right. it. Yeah, yeah. As I, ta- I taught Nate about karma <laughs> over the uh-huh. holidays, <laughs> which he has been wonderfully sharing with his little friends. Um, you know, it's, it, what is it? Newton's law. The minute you start using something, something else is going to happen. That's going to need the money. So we need to leave this money aside alone and ready for an actual honest to goodness emergency, not for a living expense. And that's a great goal for 2024 as well. If you haven't set up that emergency fund or fully funded that emergency fund, a great priority to have in the new year. All right, talking about patience when it comes to finances and making some sacrifices to see the reward later down the road. Kind of similar to that emergency fund, Bree, the retirement plan, again, a a pool of money that we've set aside for retirement. But again, it's a spot where people are very tempted to, to cash out that money early or take early withdrawals to pay for bigger expenses, home remodels, whatever it might be. 
But again, this money is set aside for the future, right? We don't want to tap into it early. Right. What have been the best things that I've seen people pull out of money from their 401k for? Weddings. That's always fabulous. Mm. Um, there's no return on investment of a wedding. There isn't. A vacation. A car. So that's a fun one, too, because cars hmm. lose value the minute you drive them off the lot. They're not an investment. I mean, no. they're an investment in fun, I guess, but not as not a not an investment investment unless unless we're talking about a show car. I understand those exist. We have some clients that have show vehicles and show tractors and show stuff like that. And I totally understand it. But I'm talking about like the average daily driver situation, not an investment, guys. So. Why are we pulling money away from our investments to to buy those things? And part of the problem in some of the stuff I've seen, for example, the vacation person who is no longer a client, um, she was well under 59 and a half. Well under 59 and a half. So pulling the money out to go on vacation, also she had to pay 10% penalty on it and the money came out and was taxable income to her. I warned her of all these things. Um, she didn't listen, which that's fine. I'm not everybody's parent. I'm only Nate's mom. She didn't listen. But then when her taxes came around the next year, she was peeved. And it's like, you knew all these things. So it's one of those situations where you've got to be aware of the consequences of doing a cash out like that. And luckily it was an old 401k from a previous employer because she couldn't have, she tried to do it from her 401k of her current job and she couldn't do it there. So these are just things I've seen. Mm -hmm. The wedding, while I'm sure it was a wonderful and beautiful event, don't get me wrong, you can get loans for these things. You can get a personal loan and use it for a wedding. You can get a personal loan and use it for a vacation. You can get a personal or you can get a car loan. You cannot get a loan for retirement. Hmm. No bank in their right mind is going to go, oh, you're on fixed income, meaning <laughs> social security, or maybe a pension if you're lucky. Um, you spent all your money. Sure. Here's half a million dollars or a hundred thousand dollars or $50,000. Sure. Sure. We, we trust you. We know we're going to get it back. You're no longer working. You can get a loan for other things. You cannot get a loan for retirement. Don't do that to yourself. Don't be in a reverse mortgage situation because you spent all of your money on cars and vacations and weddings for children. You just, you can't do that. And that's what scares me because there is no, I see it all the time. I mean, and I know, I know we're living in a time where it's hard. It's hard to get a job right out of college and cost of living is not the same cost of living our grandparents dealt with when they were younger. Um, and so I, I understand, I understand wanting to help your kids and I understand wanting to do those things, but you've got to remember, you also have to save for your future because quite frankly, social security wasn't designed to be everybody's retirement plan. Yeah, that, uh, you, I would imagine you look back on that wedding and, and while you might have some really great memories, you, you might be kicking yourself about spending all that money and pulling it out of a retirement plan, a 401k, once you got to that point. So again, something to think about. It might be very easy to pull that money out, but could come with a lot of consequences down the road, especially when you factor out taxes and maybe any early withdrawal penalties as well. So that's our second one to discuss. All right, one more here on this part two of our Patients Pays conversation. And that's working with the wrong advisor. And you might say, well, what does this have to do with delayed gratification? Well, the, the problem for a lot of people, Bree, is that 
they probably establish a, a pretty nice relationship with people. They don't want to have that tough conversation with their advisor when they realize, hey, maybe it is time for a change. It's easier just to ignore it and avoid the conversation altogether. But if you're able to take take that pain early on, it's going to pay off down the road. Yeah, it definitely will. Uh, you know, you need to make sure that your advisor is not only meeting your goals, but also your stage in life. Um, we have advisors that we work with that I sometimes refer out to and will refer clients to us because they fit a specific speciality that we don't necessarily. Um, and so it's always good to keep relationships with other advisors. Believe it or not, I have quite a few relationships with other advisors. This industry doesn't seem to be friendly, but it can be if, if you are a nice person. Um, and, and they, you know, we, we do have a referral relationship. If I see somebody that's like, this, they're not going to work with Estes. Like, we're not a right fit. We're not what they need. We're not what they want. I don't want to force a bad relationship. So I'd rather have my clients be, or people that I, I like, be taken care of well by somebody else than trying to do it themselves or going and meeting them with the wrong person. And it doesn't need to be an unpleasant conversation. Listen, we get it. If they've been in the industry long enough, they get it. Does it hurt a little bit? Yeah, sure. There are clients that we have um, ended relationships with that have stung a little bit. I think on both sides. But it, I don't I don't wish them ill will. I, I still think of them as friends. I would still happily help them if they called. We just weren't the right fit for them at that right time. That's it. That's the bottom line. And that's okay. I can't be everything to everyone. That's fine too. So it don't don't try to put off a conversation or think that it's going to be terrible or think that it's going to be a horrible heartache. You need to be your own advocate. And if you think somebody's got you an investment that's way too risky and you're you're uncomfortable, let them know. And either they will fix it or they'll refer you out. Such uh, such a big important relationship and one that can provide a lot of benefits and you want to make sure you get it right. And again, always remember, this is your money, right? If you feel uncomfortable, you can always reach out and, and at least meet with another advisor just to kind of see what else is out there, what else might benefit you as well. And if you want to talk to Estes Financial, you can always do so by logging on estesfinancial.net. You can connect on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, wherever you prefer, or you can call directly 817 444 8402. But again, so important to get that right. And and Bree, I know the best place to start is just that complimentary 15-minute consultation, right? Exactly. It's a good starting point. It's a great conversation to figure out if Estes is the right fit for you and how we can help if we can help. And if we're not the right fit for you, here's some things I would look for in, in somebody else. You know, the, it's pretty easy for us to figure out right away. And I don't want to waste anyone's time nor do I prefer, you know what I mean? I don't like mm -hmm. my time wasted. So I, I always give the same, same respect to everybody, but it's a great complimentary phone call of here's what's going on. Here's, here's where, where you are. Okay. I think we can help you. We might be able to help you. Um, or we definitely can't help you, but here are a name or two of somebody that I think might be able to help. You can start by calling 817-444-8402 to get that complimentary 15-minute consultation with Estes Financial. All right, Bria, it is time now to get to know you a little better on the show. We like to ask you a question that sometimes is out of left field, and this one might fall in that category a little bit. And 
this may be a, a situation that you didn't think I'd throw at you, but if you ever find yourself up for execution, we'll start there. Great way to start the new year. Ooh, now I need to know what I did. <laughs> I this would be fascinating. Okay. It could be any number of things, but sure. what will you request for your last meal? What would I request for my last meal? It would be a mix of things. Um, it would be my Aunt Sue's Beer Rocks, which are a family staple in Kansas. I love them. It would be a California roll. Beer Rocks, California roll. This breakfast dish my dad makes. Um, we call it a man riding a horse. I'm not sure exactly what its Puerto Rican huh. name is, but it's it's an egg dish with rice um, that I love, that I've loved growing up. And I'm just going to completely eat all my favorite things right now because I'm dying. Uh, <laughs> Um, Aunt Sue's beer, an Aunt Sue beer rock, California roll, man riding a horse, and possibly a slice of my mom's coconut cream pie for dessert. Wow. That's a nice spread. Hey, you, you know, if you're going to eat all your favorite things one last time, you might as well get them all in. You know, you got me thinking, do, does anybody ever request home-cooked meals? I feel like they always say, you know, give me my favorite restaurant, but I don't ever think of... Anybody? I don't know that. if you can anymore. I think Texas did away with this because from what I remember, there was a story in where somebody like ordered thousands of dollars worth of food and then they didn't eat anything. <laughs> so then there became like a cap on the amount what you can order. Uh, yeah. In 11, 2011, Texas abolished uh, last meal requests. Oh, wow. Okay. So now they just get normal prison food. So do not go on death row in Texas. Good yeah. to know. I mean, like uh, for for a lot of reasons, but also the fact that you're not going to get any good food out. <laughs> no. I didn't know that. Learn something new today. All right. Learn something new every day. Well, let's close out the show then with a mailbag question. And I've got one for you from Erica. She says, I'm a big believer in my current company's future. So the majority of my 401k is invested in company stock. I understand that I'm not diversified, but isn't that okay since I know the company so well? Oh, Erica. So you may be a little young and may not remember this or may not be in Texas, but a number of years ago, there was a wonderful or what everyone thought was a wonderful company here in Texas called Enron. It was an energy company and they encouraged, they actually had an annual meeting and there's recordings of this where they encouraged everyone, all their employees to invest in company stock. And from the outside, they looked awesome. They were a natural gas company. And quite frankly, they were, they were well loved by Wall Street and had done quite a bit of wonderful or from what the outside thought was was a pretty stable company. But what happens was they were internally fabricating financial records and falsifying the success of the company to their own employees. And in 2001, they were fully exposed. So Leading up to that, they thought everybody thought they were thriving. They were telling their employees, you're a good employee. If you invest in Enron, invest in the, you know, in the future of our company, blah, 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 blah. And in uh, 1999, right, the company's stock actually increased by 56%. Those employees were banking. And then 2000, it increased by almost 87%. It was, it was insane. They were making money hand over fist. Until they weren't. And so starting to see signs of trouble, the CEO was telling everyone, was emailing employees via email, telling them to continue buying the stock and predicting significantly higher stock prices. At the same time, the guy was also selling his own shares 
And lo and behold, we have some clients that were former, formerly related to Enron and their net worth was gone. Mm-hmm. Company ended up filing bankruptcy. And there were some criminal charges involved, obviously. But here's my thought. There were a lot of people in Houston, in Texas, that not only lost their jobs because their company went bankrupt, they also lost their entire life savings. Unless your company (laughs) is going to bail you out, unless you trust them enough, you trust them with your entire family's future, nah, I think you're you're taking on way too much risk. I think no matter, you cannot never trust anyone that much. Mm Mm-hmm. Because from the outside looking in, Enron looked amazing. I mean, returns of 87%. Now, my husband works for a Fortune 500 company. And we do love them. Don't get me wrong. They they provide quite a few benefits and perks that he enjoys. And, and we're very loyal to them. And it's, it's a great company here and um, not based in Fort Worth. They have a large presence here in Fort Worth. Bottom line, we don't keep any of his company stock when we get it. Hmm. Why? Because of Enron. Because I know if that company went belly up and bankrupt, they're not going to care about paying my bills. Nope. Do not have more loyalty to something than they have loyalty to you. Bottom line. And it's it, and when it comes to money, it's business. Your loyalty means nothing to the company. And if they're so worried about their own employees buying their stock, then that tells me they're worried that other, other people aren't. That's true. I, I hate to be cynical, but we watched it happen here in Texas. I, I have friends whose parents worked at Enron who went from thinking that they were going to have a very healthy retirement to living on just social security. Please don't do this to yourself. I don't know if I'm you're begging you diversify, just and, and maybe start small, diversify a little and then a little more and then a little more and then a little more. Remember your company is going to reward you hopefully in the way of bonuses and benefits and that type of thing. You shouldn't, you, you got to protect you. They're not going to. I don't know if you remember, I have an example too. back, I'm, I'm from Alabama, from Birmingham, and I don't know if you remember the company HealthSouth, they made uh, national headlines back in the late 90s, early 2000s, same thing. Great company, and you're working for them, you think, okay, I'm in a healthcare industry, right? I mean, what could go wrong in the healthcare? But they were inflating their financials, there was a lot of fraud, and their stock went from, in 1998, it was at a dollar, or sorry, $120, and then just five, four or five years later, it was under a dollar. So you talk about the same thing, like so unexpected and it, it made national headlines. Just, you just never know. And there's examples of this all over the place. So again, just a good reminder, right? That you don't want to be all in anywhere, even if you do think that things look perfect and the situation looks bright. So great reminder. So thank you for that question, Erica. We do appreciate it. If you have one for us, we'd love to hear from you. Send it in to us. You can always log on. That's this financial.net. Contact Bree and the team there. Or give them a call, 817-444-8402, and take advantage of that free 15-minute consultation with Bree and the team. Bree, as always, thanks for the time. Hopefully 2024 is a great year for you and our listeners as well. We appreciate your time today. Oh, thank you. And everybody listening, go out and lead an abundant life.